been talking about the ABCs of Christianity. Stuff that the Lord just keeps putting on my heart. And, you know, some interesting things happened to me at times. I was around a, a young pastor the other night, and he made the comment about certain situations in his church. And I said, have you, have you taught on those things in your church? And he said, no. And I said, well, we can't complain about things that we don't teach on. Well, I get tickled on saying that because you knew the Lord was saying that to me. <laughs> I thought, oh, my gosh, your words to you are prophetic. You need to listen to what you're saying. So each week the Lord has given me little bits and pieces to talk about. And so this morning I'm going to talk to you as a, as a believer. The ABCs of Christianity is God wants you empowered. Now go with me to the book of John chapter 1. We're going to talk about things that will empower you. Jesus will empower you. The Holy Spirit will empower you. The Word will empower you. Even when you submit to authority, it will be an empowering to you. Now when I look at the Bible and, and what God says to us, God never intended for you to go through life on your own. He never intended. If that was the case, He would have never sent Jesus. And so not only did Jesus came, come to save each one of us, John 10, 10 says He came to give you life and that more abundantly. So I like that right there. Jesus came to give me life and that more abundantly. So if He came to do that and He's already done you know what, I'm just going to be a recipient of, recipient of it. I'm going to love life. You know, we sang, oh, happy day. Well, that's how it should be. Oh, happy day. And listen, all the tech fans, it's okay. The sun will come up tomorrow. Thank God our salvation isn't based on a football game. I've been there. Amen. Praise the Lord. The sun came back up today and it'll keep coming back up. But we got a Savior that's never changing. John chapter 1. Begin with me. Verse number 11. He, talking about Jesus, came to his own. And his own did not receive him. Now this is talking about when Jesus came to the Jews. They wouldn't receive him. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them, those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Now, I like that verse because it says, as many as received him. You know what? Salvation is available to every one of us, and it's not based on you. It's not based on how good or bad. It's based on if you receive him. Now, through Scripture, I can show you that Jesus is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the Savior. He's the Messiah. But He will not be your Savior or your Messiah until you receive Him. And that means you must welcome Him into your life. You must accept Him into your life. Now, throughout the New Testament, we're told to receive. Receive, receive, receive. And the Bible says we're to receive by faith. But sometimes that can be very perplexing to us. Sometimes you think, well, Lord, I really don't know how to receive. Well, I begin to ask, Lord, Lord, give me some illustrations to make this a little easier. And so one of the ways the Lord brought this up to me was, if you went out to eat with somebody, and you went to the restaurant after you ate, they give the ticket to you, they give the bill to you. And me and Ken are sitting there fellowshipping, and Ken, Ken grabs the ticket. And he said, I'm going to pay for it, Pastor. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not necessary. I want to pay for it. Or I have money to buy it myself. And he says, no, I just want you to receive it. When I surrender my will and submit to him and say, okay, go ahead, then that's how I receive. 
And so, so many times in our life as human beings, we have a hard time receiving. Because in our lives, we're not used to that. We want to do everything out of our own ability. But when I just yield my heart and I surrender, I receive. Now, here's a great question for you. How many of you, is it easier for you to give than it is to receive? So many of us, it is. Now, I'm getting ready to tell you, ouch, this is going to hurt a little bit. The reason, and I can say that about my own self, the reason it's easier for you to give than it is to receive is when you give, you're still in control. You determine who, when, where, and even how you're going to give. But it's because I'm in control. And so part of, of being a believer, i got to learn just to receive. i got to learn to surrender to Jesus. And when I do that, He begins to work in my life. Now, look what He goes on to say. But as many as received Him, surrendered to Him, to them He gave the right. He gave the right. Now listen to what that means in the Amplified. It said, to them who believe, he gave them authority. The King James says, he gave to them power. Woo, I looked at it, I said, I like that word, power. We got the power. And so as I read that, I think right here, that when I receive Jesus, I surrender my life, my heart to him, there comes an empowering. Now that empowering, guys, only comes by surrendering to him. Think about this. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How many of you would agree that's what that verse says? Well, that's not true. That's not what it all says. It starts out, submit to God, surrender to God, come under his authority, and then you can resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now, how many of you have resisted the devil and he didn't flee from you? Probably every one of us in this room. And at times I've done that and I think, but God, where are you at? Well, you know what wants to locate each one of us today? I believe just as we sang today, Jesus is the name above all. He's all powerful. His power hasn't changed one bit. The issue is, are me and you surrendered? If I'm not surrendered, it does no good. Luke 10, 19, Jesus himself said, I give you power to tread upon serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. But I'm going to tell you right now, there is no power unless I'm submitted. Unless I've totally surrendered. And so at times in your life, when you don't see the name of Jesus moving like you think it should, or you read about in the Bible, you better look at your submission thermometer. And realize, like the Texas Hold'em game, am I all in? I just got to move all my, I'm saying I'm all in. See, too many times we as believers, you know what we want? We want the thought of salvation. I want salvation, but I don't want to be in submission, Lord. I don't want to come underneath anybody's authority. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Woo, pastor, you're preaching good today. Hallelujah. Thank you for those two holy grunts. Now when I say that, guys, I speak to myself because there's times I look and I think, I know the name of Jesus is still as powerful. I know that when that name is spoken faith, man, the devil shake at that name. 
So it comes back on me. It falls back on her. So this is the ABC of Christianity, guys. i got to understand. There must be a submission of me. My whole heart. Jesus didn't want just a little bit of me. He didn't want a little piece. He wants all of me. He wants all of me. Now go with me to book of Acts. Just to your right there. Acts chapter number 1. Acts 1. So man, there's power, guys, when I surrender. And, and here's something that I believe for every one of us. I, de- I declare or I choose the degree in which I surrender. I choose that degree. And so the day, today is i got to ask you this question as you're turning there. Are you all in? Does he have every bit of you? Because Jesus doesn't want just a little dab. He doesn't say a little dab if you'll do me. He wants all of us, okay? Acts 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he, talking about Jesus, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, to but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now, we've got to stop right there just for a minute. And if you'll look there real close, Jesus didn't say, I highly recommend this. He didn't say, I suggest this to his disciples. He said, I command you to wait for the promise of the Father. And so some of us today may say, well, what was he talking about? Well, look at verse 5. For John truly baptized with water. Now hold that thought today. How did John baptize? With water. But look what it says. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now who wrote this? This was what Jesus, he prescribed to us as believers. He said, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pick up in verse number 8 of that same chapter. Jesus' words, if you'll notice, red letter. But you shall receive power. You shall receive power. Now notice there, guys, it doesn't say you're going to get power. It says you're going to receive power. There's that word receive again. So in order to receive this power, you know what that tells me? I must surrender. I must submit. And what is my submission based on? The Word of God, what Jesus said. Now when you study the promise of the Father, He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Let me give you some thoughts that Father God said and even Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll show you things to come. I'll lead you into truth. The Holy Spirit said, I want to be your helper. Not only that, in Romans 8, 14, He said, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. In verse 16 of Romans 8, He says that the Spirit of God Himself will bear witness with our spirit. So this is what the Father and Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Man, we've got to get a hold of this. So He said, You shall receive power. That word there, power, means ability or efficiency when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, the only way the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you is for you to receive Him. Keep reading. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end parts of the earth. Now, when I look at what one of the reasons the Holy Spirit comes right here, number one, He wants to empower us. He wants to give us power. Number two, he said there, so that you will be a witness. Now, how do we witness? Well, I believe this, guys. We witness in two ways. We witness by the words of our mouth, what we say to other people, and we witness by our actions. 
Now, the, the longer I walk with the Lord, you know which one I believe is the strongest? Is when we witness by our actions. In other words, there's a lot of people who talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And so I believe my actions, my lifestyle, does a lot more than even my words. See, we've got a lot of believers who, who talk about Jesus, but man, their life does not bear witness in Jesus. And so when you talk about Jesus, but you don't live fully for Jesus, you've ruined your witness. What are you telling us, Pastor? Well, the Holy Spirit wants to come on the inside of you and put a little walkie-walkie with your talkie-talkie. He wants us to grow up and look where people begin to say, Man, that dude is a man of God. That woman is a man of God right there. So it's big that you learn to, to, to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, to help you with this just a little bit farther, go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, and as you're turning there, listen. I want you to take off your religious bifocals today. And let's look at the Word of God. Let's just be New Testament taught today, okay? So what I'm fixing to prepare you for is this. I don't care what your background is as far as church is. You may have come from the first church of the frozen chosen. You may have come from the first church of the dead in Christ. You may come from the first church of the holy rollers. But today, let's just see what the Bible says, okay? Roma or Acts 8, verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Interesting. There's that word received again. Now, when it says these apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria. What's the key about Samaria? About Samaria? Well, Samaritans, guys, they weren't Jewish. They were Gentiles. Now, this may be a huge revelation to some of you today, but there's two types of people in the world. Jews and Gentiles. That's it. And so it was incredible here that these Jews looked and they saw these Samaritans, what? Had received the Word of God. Had received the Word of God. Now, how do you receive the Word of God? When you obey the Word of God... And you submit to the Word of God. That's the same way. When you surrender your will and you say, this is what God's Word said. This is how I'm going to live my life. This is what I'm going to follow in this situation. Now actually, biblically, that's Hebrews 4.12. You know what Hebrews 4.12 says? The Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. When I obey it. So once again, I must receive the Word of God. I can't water it. Look at the Word of God. This is what it says here. And then you got to obey it. So these guys at Samaria had received the Word of God. And it says, They sent Peter and John to them. Who when they, Peter and John, had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now highlight that. These Jews find out these guys have, have received the Word of God. Then they said, we got to send Peter and John down there. So they received the Holy Spirit. Now look what is explained here. For as yet he, the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. Zero of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what does that mean? Well, these guys at Samaria had only been born again. And so what I want you to understand, guys, is the receiving of Jesus 
and the receiving of the Holy Spirit are two totally different and separate experiences. Why? Because the Holy Spirit and Jesus are two totally different spiritual beings or entities. That's why we talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so right here, Paul's not downplaying salvation. You know what he's telling us? There's just more to it. There's just more to this. Verse 17. Then they laid hands on them. Who's them? These Gentiles at Samaria. And they received the Holy Spirit. And so what I want you to see here is this shows me. These Gentiles not only submitted to the Word of God, they were taught about the Holy Spirit when they got talk, talking about the Holy Spirit. You know what? They said, we're going to receive the Holy Spirit. We, we surrender. Now, they didn't have to, but they chose to. Turn over to Acts 19. Acts 19. Woo, hallelujah. He wants to empower us, guys, as believers. Verse number 1 of Acts 19. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. That word disciples means people that are baptized. They're, they've been born again. They're true followers of Christ. Okay? Verse 2. And Paul said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed or since you believed? Now, what I want you to see right here is Paul makes a separate declaration here about did you receive the Holy Spirit since you got born again? So it's clear right here, these guys have given their heart to Jesus. But Paul's saying here, there's got to be more to it. Keep reading. So they said to him, we've so much not heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now, once again, guys, I don't care what church you've been brought up in or where you've been at in life, look at Paul's thoughts here. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you got born again? Now when I read this and I think back to what Jesus said in Acts 1-4, Jesus commanded. This must have been very important for Jesus to command it. And then the Apostle Paul here, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, he gets over and he's telling about the Holy Spirit. And so if it was big for them, it must be big for us. And I think, you know what Paul's telling them here? Listen, guys. You want to get all of God that you can. You want everything that God gives you. Man, take it. You need it. And so we can read on. And I'm going to read verses 3, 4, 5 real quick. And he said to them, Into what then you were baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. What was John's baptism? We saw that in Acts 1. He said that they were water baptized, right? So this is what he's talking about. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized you with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. How this all happened? Well, it started when Paul said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And so right here, these guys yielded to the Holy Spirit. Now what I want you to notice there in verse 6. It said when he laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they prayed with other tongues and they prophesied. Many times right here, 
People will say this, the Holy Spirit no longer does that. Well, I don't see that in my Bible. He's still doing the same thing. And you may have been taught this, that that praying in other tongues, that's of the devil. That's of the devil. Well, for the first 20 years of my life, guys, I did a lot of things for the devil. And one thing that I didn't ever do for the devil was pray in other tongues. I never did that. I never experienced it. And I was a good sinner. Now, pardon my language here, but I remember on Friday nights, me and my buddies, we would go out and we would talk about literally raising hell. Well, when I would pick them up, literally raising hell, I didn't pick them up and say, Hey, boys, let's go and pray in tongues tonight. I never saw that happen. And so you look about that teaching. Now, once again, this falls back. This wasn't just what Jesus recommended. This is what the Apostle Paul talked about. Now, I want to say something here today. The Holy Spirit is a lot more than just a prayer language, okay? He's a lot more than that. He's the helper. He's the one that leads us and shows us all the things I talked about earlier. This is just one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but He won't force you to do that. Now, here's another question that may be in your thought right now. Pastor, do you pray in other tongues? Yes. Every day. Every day. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit in my life. I believe that's something that takes place between you and God many a times. That you come in. You know the Apostle Paul said when you pray in other tongues, it'll edify you. It'll build you up. But you know what? He's not going to force you to do that. How many of you believe it's God's will for everybody to receive Jesus? Every one of us do. But you know what? Not everybody will receive Him. Not everybody will. It's God's will for every one of us to forgive, but not every one of us will forgive. It's God's will for every one of us to walk in love, but not every one of us will walk in love. And so even with the Holy Spirit... This is the thought that people think a lot of times about the Holy Spirit. Well, if I get filled with Him, and I'm at the, the drive-up window at McDonald's, and I'm ordering, and I order a, a, a Big Mac, and a large order of fries, and He just jumps out at me. He's not going to do that, guys. Just as He will not force you to get born again. He will not force you to, to walk. In, he won't do that. I believe it's God's will for every one of us to give today. But when we pass the offering plates, your pockets aren't just going to come open. Your wallet and your purse aren't going to jump out and turn upside down in there. Not going to happen. See, God's never going to force us to do anything that we don't surrender to. So my point in this is telling you this, guys, is to teach you biblically... That this is a gift from God. This is, and I, I could ask for a show of hands in here, and it would probably shock you how many people in here are full of the Holy Ghost and praying over their tongues. You would look and think, oh my gosh, there's a bunch of them weirdos in here. You can call a weirdo all you want, guys. I, I reverence the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm telling you guys, the other day when I, I was down seeing my son in Austin, Texas, and I got down in some areas that there was so much junk down there. I got down by the Capitol and saw those occupiers who, man, it was just, it was, ugh. And I didn't realize this until I got down there. But my son told me, he said, Dad, 
He said, only in Austin, Texas, is there still a law that women can go around topless. He said, if you go to this certain creek in the middle of summer, there'll be women everywhere topless. Well, I felt like that's what I was around all day. I got back to where me and my wife were staying, and you know what I said to Shelly? I said, i got to take a shower, and i got to pray in other tongues. i got to get this filth off me. And I thank God for that. Now, some of you, you may never hear me praying in other tongue. Good. It's not for you, it's for me. And so it's a very, very delicate prayer life at times. Where it's between you and God, okay? Now don't freak out on me. Don't think, oh, Pastor, this, this is why I said we got to be New Testament taught here, okay? So it comes back to just another area of my life, I surrender. Now, go with me. Ah, oh, man, we got to move here. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, man, I'm jumping around here for time's sake. I don't want to do that, but we're going to move that way. Hebrews 13, now, this is the next area, guys, I want you to see. That any time in our lives that we submit to authority, there's an empowering that comes from it. You can't have authority unless you come under authority. What do you mean by that? Well... Remember in, or not Acts, in Matthew 8, there was a, a centurion. And the centurion was having issues. And he came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, he said, I am a man under authority. He said, I'm a man under authority. He said, I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to this one, comes, and he comes. And Jesus looked at that man when he said that. And he said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. This centurion wasn't a Jew. This was a Gentile. And yet here, Jesus himself, who had run with all the disciples, he said, I haven't found such great faith as this. That this man would say, I'm a man under authority. In other words, he knew what he said to Jesus. When he came and submitted to Jesus' authority, there would be a blessing. It's the same in every one of our lives. When we submit to Jesus' authority, or what God puts in authority, there's a blessing. Do you know in Romans 13, 1 and 2, it says the authorities that are exist are appointed by God. The authorities that exist are appointed. Do you know the worst place in the world right now for submission to authority is probably the United States of America. You know why I say that? We've become a people that we don't want anybody to tell us what to do. We don't want anybody, don't you dare tell me what to do. Let me ask you this question today. Who in your life has a right to tell you no? Who in your life has a right to tell you you're wrong? I remember years ago, I knew a pastor who Dion Sanders is in his church. And he said to prime time, he said, Dion, who in your life has a right to tell you no? And you know what he said? Nobody. Nobody. And I'm going to tell you, when you get that way, you better get ready because there's a thing that says pride goes before the fall. I don't care who you are. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Now look what it says. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Give an account to who and to what. I'm going to tell you. Anytime you have authority, you're going to have responsibility. 
And with responsibility, guess what you're going to get to do? You're going to give an account to God for what you've done with that authority. And it says this right here, that they must give an account. But look at the next part it goes on to say here. Let them do so with joy and not with grief or burden. Now that tells me one of two things, guys. That when you submit to people that are under uh, an authority over you, when you obey, there's going to be a joy. There's going to be a reward. But when you cause grief or burden, whoo, there's going to be another reward. There's going to be another one. So I ask you right now, who's in authority in your life? Your parents? Oh, Pastor, don't get on that today. That's next week. See, you know what the Bible says? Ephesians 6, 1 says, honor your parents. Honor your parents. Which is the first commandment with promise. That it'll be well with you and you'll live long on this earth. And so you know what happens? When you submit to your parents' authority, you fall underneath a blessing. That becomes your reward. When you don't, you might as well get ready. It never ends, guys. It also says to honor your spouse, honor your husband, honor your wife. You know the scriptures say we're to honor all people. So you know what the Lord is telling me here? I might as well just become a person of honor. Everywhere I go, I might as well learn just to honor people. And you know what honoring all people says? It doesn't care what you look like, what you smell like. It doesn't even matter what color of skin you have. I'm charged to honor all men. And guess what? That becomes a choice. But when I do that, there becomes a blessing. And look what he says at the last part here, verse 17. He says here, that that would be unprofitable for you. Oh my God, I looked and I thought, I don't want that to happen to me. Well, you know what I must do then? I must come under authority. I must obey. I must begin to heed these things. So it doesn't matter who you are. Every one of us, guys, we're going to be under authority. This is a good one for you. I don't care who you are. The rest of your life, you're going to be under authority to somebody. Period. Period. Now, he's not here. He was here the first service. Matt Robinson is a retired lieutenant colonel. That's right, isn't it? I was making sure. That's his wife there. So I'm checking with you. Always check with their wives. They always know. They got the facts, Jack. But you know what it is about him? I mean, I mean if, if, he had his, if he had his uniform on, he'd have all kinds of brass on, guys. Cause all kinds of stripes on. But you know what? He still had to fall under authority. A general. And you know about that general? He falls under authority. And you may not like what they say, but there is a blessing, there is a reward, there is an empowering when we honor what Father God says. How do you know? Well, look at, look at Matthew chapter 10, and this is what we'll end with maybe, if you guys get there real fast. Matthew chapter 10. And as you're turning there, guys, I can't understand the principles of God's kingdom with a democratic mindset. See, God's kingdom, guys, isn't about a democracy. Well, let's just vote. <laughs> He's already set the rules. He tells us what they are. And so what I see happening, even in our society right now, guys, 
is we got a bunch of people. We don't want to fall under authority. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do. I don't want to be held accountable by anybody. And so not only is that mentality in our workplaces, that mentality has creeped back into the church. And that's why there's a lot of people that never follow Psalm 92. You know what Psalm 92 says? Those who are planted in the house of God shall be fresh and flourishing. You know who people are that are planted in the house of God? There's ones that say, okay, we're going to submit even to spiritual authority. We're going to listen. I say that not because I'm a great man, guys. I realize God's put an an anointing on me, and I'm going to be held accountable for what I do. And that literally scares the H-E-double two-speaks out of me, guys. I don't like that thought. And I'm going to stand before God one day on the authority that He gave me. The Apostle Paul said this to a young pastor named Titus. He said, set the order back in the church. He said, rebuke and exhort. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't get real excited when I have to rebuke people in the church. What do you mean rebuke, Pastor? Well, you young guys, I'm sorry you're sitting on the front row again, but I've got to use you. It would be like me coming to Jeremy and telling him, listen, dude, you can't keep doing that. You can't keep talking back to your mother. You can't keep acting that way. Now, you know why I tell him that? Because I love him. And when he's planted in the church, uh, in, the, in the house of God, he knows my heart. He knows I'm for him. But what happens a lot of time in that situation, if they buck up and they don't want to hear it, then you know what it happens to me? Just what it said in Hebrews 13. There's a stinking grief and a burden that comes on me. But when I go to Jeremy and tell him that, and he says, thank you, Pastor, you're right, man, God's dealing with my heart. There's a joy because he received it. I can tell you this truthfully. In the last month, you can ask my wife here. There's a couple days I've said, you can have this thing called a pastor. You can have it, dear. I'm done. I'm serious, guys. I said, I'll go back and become a meter reader and read in the alleys. At least the drunks like me. At least they didn't spit on me and talk junk about me. And you know what I heard Jesus say? Welcome to the NFL, buddy. This is what happens in the ministry. This is what happens in life. You're always going to have people that are going to mess on you. See, that's the Proverbs. Without the ox, the, the trough is clean. But with the ox, you get the junk. Pretty simple, isn't it? <laughs> so you ones who are wanting to be a boss, <laughs> bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Because with authority comes responsibility. And as the boss, you're going to be held accountable for what you do. But as the employee, I'm going to tell you guys, when I don't submit to my boss, it won't be well with you. And you're going to find out in life, there's going to be times you're not going to agree with people. But you know what? There are times that you just keep honoring and keep your mouth shut. I worked for a company, guys, for 10 years of my life. I had a female boss, and she did no jack with what I did. She didn't have a clue, and there were a lot of days I wanted to tell her, what kind of stupid are you? Now let me say this again. I wanted to tell her that. But I realized, you know what? She's in this place of authority, and my job is just to do my job and keep my stinking mouth shut, and with it comes reward. And I said we'd get there. Well, here it is. Matthew 10, verse 40. He who receives you receives me. 
And he who receives him who sent me. Now, that word receive there means he who welcomes or accepts. One translation says honor. Now read it that way. He who honors you honors me. And he who honors me honors him who sent me. And he who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Woo! You want to receive a prophet's reward? Somebody say, I do, I do. Well, you got to receive him. you got to honor him. And look what he goes on to say. And he receives a righteous man, an uncompromising man, in the name of an uncompromising man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of the disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So you know what I see right there? When I come under authority, there's going to be a reward. But when I don't, there's a possibility because I'm going to lose my reward. And so I look at this passage here, and there's three levels that me and you will encounter. The, the, the one is who's above us in authority. The second one would be who's on our level. And the third one is this. Who was God entrusted to be under your authority? And so when I look at all this, God's wanting to bless us. He's wanting to empower us, whether that's receiving Jesus, whether that's receiving the Holy Spirit, whether that's submitting to authority. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to pray for those in authority. We're to pray for those in authority. Now, it's easy to criticize those in authority. How many of you have ever done it? I raise all my toes, everything. And when I do that, you know what the Lord does? He gets after me. And I hear the Lord in my heart say this. I didn't ask you to criticize President Obama. I asked you to pray for him. I didn't ask you to criticize Rick Perry. I said, pray for him. I didn't ask you. And see, it's very easy in our society because why? We've become a people that we don't want to fall under authority. We don't want to do that. And so much of that is even in our homes now. Now. I was going to quit here, but I'm going to shift this way because there's a lot of young ones over here. I tell you guys, when you honor your mother and father, it'll be well with you. It'll be well with you. And I don't think it's a coincidence that I'm speaking on this. And guess who's here today? My mother and father. And when they walked in, I said, crap, horrific. Help me, Jesus. Now, I hadn't always been honoring to them. I'm a lot better now than I used to be. And I'm 50 years old. My dad says, no, he's not. Don't look at him. See, what does honoring your parents mean? Well, here's the deal about that, guys. When I was young, I knew certain days of the week it was my job to take the trash out. Well, my dad had come home and he'd tell me, did you take the trash out? I knew I better do that. Because there would be consequences if I didn't. It'd be a, his ten and a half across my rear. And so I remember taking the trash out. I obeyed in action. But all the way to the dumpster I complained. My brother should have to. It's his turn. How many of you do that? So you know what you've done? You have now lost your reward. And there's many times in my life, guys, I lost my reward. I looked at all the pain that caused me because I didn't submit to the Lord. I didn't honor. 
I hate to tell you the bad stories in my life, guys, but I can sit here and tell you over and over. I remember in high school, I had a teacher that I dishonored him so bad. I would, oh man, I was just so rebellious to him. And I wouldn't do anything he wanted to ask me. And one day, man, it came to a head. It got so bad that my dad was a teacher and the coach at the high school. They had to come get my dad. I'm 18 years old. And he comes and gets me and I'll never forget looking. And I said to him, I said, I'm fixing to whip him. I'm fixing to whip him right here. And my dad said, no, you're not. And I said, I'm not going to listen to his stuff. And the bad thing about it is, guys, I was capable of doing that. That's the scary thing. And so they pull my dad out of class, and he's got to come down to the hallway, and he tells you're not going to whip him, you're not going to do that. And so because of that in my life, you've got to get where you get past that and say, okay, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do what God says in my life. And so the point of it is, you're not too late. But i got to get a hold of what the Word of God says, because if not, you lose your reward. And the reward's not only eternal reward, that when you get to heaven you're going to get, there's blessings that go upon it right here on earth. Right here. So stand on your feet for the nursery workers fire me for not being submissive to their will. He's just got to be taught here, guys. We all got to be taught that Every one of us, may he be here today, in different categories. Let me just say to you right now, you may have received Jesus at one time in your life. Maybe you never have. But let me ask you this when it comes to receiving Jesus. Have you fully and totally surrendered to him? And some of you say, yeah, I do on Sundays. No, 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 I'm not talking about just on Sundays. I'm talking about every day of your life. Where your heart is, even when you blow it. I don't want to miss it, Lord. That may identify some of you today. Well, it's good news for you today because God wants to help you. He wants to empower you again. But He's saying, I've got to have all your heart. Maybe that's you today. Number two. Is maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit. You've never had that happen in your life. I tell you guys, you've, you've missed an incredible blessing that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You know, it says in Romans 14, it says, The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What a gift. But what about the third one today? Where you've looked and you can, you can honestly judge your heart today and say, I've dishonored my boss. I've dishonored other employees. I've dishonored school teachers. See, guys, it's easy to take the cop out. Everybody's doing it. But we're not held to that standard. We're held to a higher standard. How about this today? How many of you have dishonored your parents? Ah, they're old-fashioned. They're stupid. They don't know. They don't know nothing. See, some of us have said that. How many of you have dishonored your spouse? It said, husbands, honor your spouse. Honor your wife. How many of you see? It's very easy in our society to get into a, a, a habit of dishonor. But with honor, there's power. Bow your head with me.